welcome everyone to the first week of Family Month. Family Month is a very special time uh, for me. It's one of my favorite times of year because this was when I first came back to North Shore after being gone for several years and I brought my kids and we've been here ever since and, and I've been so blessed to be involved in that. Uh, you'll notice the ushers coming forward. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand and we'll make sure you get one. Uh, this month, we are talking all about the paths of life. Our theme is Discover Paths. And uh, we're talking about different roads or paths that are in the Bible that God is leading us down. And, and we're really blessed that we get to kick things off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to kick things off by talking, kick things off, it's our key phrase, <laughs> talking about the path of life. And we're actually going to turn together, if you have your Bible or got a Bible or open your Bible app, we're going to be turning to Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. We'll give you a second to turn there because we'd like to read this all together as a church family. All right, are we ready? Here we go. One, two, three. You, you make, make known, known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Awesome. Thank you, honey. Oh, you're welcome, honey. <laughs> uh, so as you'll see in this passage, there are three distinct lines to this scripture. And I mean, just those alone are awesome. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That alone you could just print off and put on your bathroom mirror and just read that every day and your life would be transformed. This is, these are amazing things that, that uh, the writer of the Psalm, King David, he is saying this about God and essentially God is saying, yes, these are true. Um, and, and so what we wanna do is take each of those three lines and, and break them down. And so I'm gonna start with the first one. You make known to me the path of life. And so when we read this, we have to think about what does that mean? What is the path of life exactly? And we talk a lot about knowing God's plan for our life or what's the path he's leading us down? What is his, his purpose for our life? And a lot of times we're asking, well, what exactly does that mean and why am I not seeing it or why don't I feel like I'm on that? And what we have to look at is what God's priority is. His priority is relationship. His priority is the fact that he loves us, that he sent his son to die for us because he loved us, because he wanted to be in relationship with us. And something that I like to talk about when in, in the uh, children's ministry stage when we're talking uh, with kids is just explaining and just giving an easy understanding of what it means when we say different things. Because I grew up in the church and I didn't always understand when we said things like, we're talking about God, and then next we're talking about he sent Jesus, his son, and then we're talking about the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, which is which? How do I understand which one is talking to me? How does this work? And, and so, I just want to keep it nice and simple is that when we are saying anything, when we're talking about God, when we say the name of Jesus, when we talk about Holy Spirit, we're talking about God. We are talking about who he is, that we, we, have, we talk about the Trinity as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, um, and so when we talk about what is God leading us into, we're talking about everything. We're talking about it all, and it is such a huge it's such a huge subject. God is so 
all-encompassing. And so that's something that I just encourage everyone to get into discussions about, to ask questions about, to research and really know God. And, and that is a huge part of what we're talking about here is who God is and who he says we are. So God shows us the path of life. What does it mean to know the path of life? He said, we say, you make known to me the path of life in this scripture. And like I was saying earlier, what's God's plan for our life? Where is he leading us? And, and we say, why doesn't he just show us? Wouldn't it be easy enough if he just made it nice and plain and just showed us exactly what he needs us to do? And while I don't always think it's that simple, I think that maybe he does in, in a very big way. I think that he directs us, he guides us, that it says here, you make known to me the path of life to know, to experience, to live in. So, so the writer of this passage is saying, God, you are showing me the path of life. The question is though, how do we find that out? What is the key to that? And I believe that the key is right here in our Bible. And, and he, he gives it to us. So how many of you have, uh, have played the game of life? Great board game uh, to some, I know, not to everyone. Um, Too long. Sometimes it's long. But the game of life, it comes with a rule book and, and uh, a player's manual, whatever you want to call it. And we, we read that. And so imagine if we sat down to play the game of life and I pick up the rule book and I just read it like crazy. I am just all over it. I'm reading it every day. I am studying it. I even get the one with pictures in it to make it even easier to understand. And then I go to Hobby Lobby and I get, I get posters and I get wood carvings of the best verses in the rule book. And, and I, I've got it all memorized and I'm, I'm, I'm all good, but how good is that? How good is knowing all of that if I never actually play the game? And I don't wanna, I don't wanna uh, steal this point because I love it so much, and the, the author and pastor, Chris Valentin, says this. He says, people do this with the Bible all too often. It can become very easy to memorize what the Bible says, but then never put it into practice in our own lives. See, we can, we can read and memorize all the rules, and we can even tell other people how they should apply the rules to their game of life, and yet we've never actually applied them to our game of life. And this comes together in, okay, so what, how does that, how do we know then what the path of life is? And how this works, I, I wanna point us to another verse in the Psalms. It's Psalm 32, eight through nine, and we're gonna read two different versions of it because I believe that God has given us so many resources. He has given us so much to read and to help us understand. And, and you know, I mean, we read the, the English Standard Version, the ESV here, um, but my, my personal Bible is the, is the New Living Translation. And, and I like looking at all the other ones. And, and this is all, these are all ways that God talks to us. He speaks to us in, these specific ways that may look different for me, may look different for, for Emily, but he's using it to speak to us. And so here is uh, the, the 
English Standard Version of this passage. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. And then I also want to jump right into the Passion Translation, uh, which is just another way of of looking at it and, and hearing it. So it says, I hear the Lord saying, that alone, that in the previous verse, in the English Standard Version, it also says like the Lord is saying these things. So it's amazing to think that I hear the Lord saying that you want to know what the Word of God is? It's literally right here. He is literally speaking to us through these words. I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. So the first one we read said, I will counsel you with my eye upon you. First of all, that's amazing. God, the Father, the creator of the universe is saying, I will counsel you. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, do you have any idea how expensive counseling is? I mean, and on state insurance, it's just, and this is free counseling from the one who knows everything. And he's saying he'll do it. And when God says he's gonna do something, he's going to do it. And so, and and then in the second uh, version, he says, I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. They both talk about God's eyes. Him saying, I will lead you with my eyes. This is, this is so amazing because what we tend to do is we look at everything through our eyes. We say, ah, I'm not seeing that. I know God guides me in the path of life and he has a plan for me, but I don't see it and it doesn't really feel like it. And I would would say, how about instead of, of us focusing on what we see, we focus on what God says. That, that if we take him at his word, capital W, he gives us his eyes to see his path, to see the path for us. And it might not look like what we hope it'll look like. It might not look like what we think the best thing for us is because he's the one who knows what's best for us. He is the almighty counselor. He is the one that speaks to us and helps us live our life. In order to know what he says though, to truly experience what we says, to put into practice what we read in the book, what we memorize from the book, we have to enter into his presence. It's his word plus our personal relationship with him that equals hearing his voice. And entering into his presence is a huge part of that. And Emily has, I believe she has some amazing things to say about what it means to enter into his presence. And so I love the fact that the next line talks about that. And so Emily, why don't you jump on this and take it from here? All right, I'm gonna jump on it, take it from here. All right, yeah, I'm super excited to be sharing about this next piece that says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. Because God really brought this to life in a very real way, uh, just in the past couple of months, I would say. This past year has been amazing, but I have experienced like a ton of change and transition. One of which being I got married at the beginning of the year, and then with that came two amazing stepdaughters. 
But within all that, like that's so amazing and happy. And at the same time, there's a lot of transition, like figuring out new family dynamics and then figuring out how relationships and friendships change when you get married and then coming to work and there is some work transition for me. And just for months and months, I just felt like there was no landing space. And I was just like, what am I even doing? Like nobody even sees me or nobody wants or cares about what I'm feeling and all the stuff. Uh, and it was actually very real for me. Um, but what was cool is this verse got brought forward for Tommy and I to speak on. And it's actually one that spoke to me last year when I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. And it came back and God just had me sit on this one line. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And I had to sit with it for a couple weeks just being like, this is really standing out to me, but like, what is it about this that's standing out? And what I came to the realization of was, uh, I wasn't experiencing fullness of joy. So I had to ask myself the question, then where am I? Because your word says, in your presence there's fullness of joy, but that's not what I'm experiencing right now. And I think there's a lot of value in bringing the scripture and bringing God's promises back to him, because it's like a kid who's coming back to the parents like, you said I could go to my friend's house, or you said I could have cake for dessert, and just holding you to your word, and sometimes that's frustrating, but I don't think God gets frustrated. I think he wants us to remind him of his promises, because it's not really a reminder for him, it's a reminder for you that he said that. So I had to take this and be like, okay, your word says, this is not my experience, so where am I, God, if I'm not in your presence? What's happening? So what he showed me is that I had been trying to do all of these, there's all these areas of my life that I wasn't inviting his presence into. See, there's a difference between just knowing God is everywhere, because God is everywhere, God is omnipresent, as we might say, but there's a difference between just knowing he's there and inviting him into what you're currently experiencing. It's like, Kids, if you ever, raise your hand if you've had a birthday party, like a huge birthday party. Yeah, oh, this kid right here, nice. <laughs> okay, so let's think about if you invited your best friend over to be a part of your birthday party and you just knew your friend was at the house, but if you didn't invite your friend to like come and play the games with you or come like participate in the activities, like what's the point? It's not really great, that great having your friend around, right? Or another example is this. How many of you are Life Cereal fans? Two people, wow, I should have picked a different cereal. <laughs> I know that this is uh, my brother, my brother's Mr. Taylor, there he is. He, uh, he loves Life Cereal and don't even think about talking to him before he's had his cereal in the morning. It's actually hilarious. He comes out with like Jimmy Neutron hair and he's like, and literally the second he starts eating, he's like a bowl of laughs, but um, that has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. <laughs> so it's great when you come to the breakfast table and you have life cereal sitting on the table. Wow, isn't it great having life cereal around? It's really doing a lot right there. Um, but it doesn't really do a lot of good unless you like, pour it out into the bowl and then actually like let it nourish your body or you know I don't know what's in this hopefully it's nourishing your body um, <laughs> there's a difference between it just being at the table and it being in your bowl and then being in your body I don't eat dry cereal but Tommy does so you can have breakfast you're welcome <laughs> there's a difference 
between just knowing he's there and inviting him into your everyday life. And I had to experience that. And I promise you, like, it has changed it's changed me in the past couple of months. This is what's fun about getting to talk to you right now is that like God orchestrated this whole thing. He's like, you're gonna be dealing with this and then I'm gonna have you speak on this, but then you're gonna experience this way and then you're gonna tell all the people. Isn't that how we're supposed to live the gospel? <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, sorry, I thought it was good. Uh, <laughs> like I was experiencing not fullness of joy and God's like, I want you to invite me into every area. So what you need to do is be still, I need you to just pull away. Whatever circumstance is making you like freak out or frustrated or angry, be still and invite my presence. And I'm like, well, what if I'm not feeling your presence and I invite you? And he's like, that, that's why you be still and you invite my presence. And you just stay there until you can be still and invite me. And here's what's happened. My circumstances and my surroundings, they might not change. They might not ever change. But you know what's able to change? It's me. The only thing God's able to transform and change is myself in that situation. Well, he, he can transform the other things. The thing he wants is my heart though. And so he doesn't want me to try to take control of the people and the circumstances. He just wants me to be still and let go of my stuff so that he can do his perfect work. But I will say this, inviting his presence and like needing his help, we can't do this life without him. We can like trick ourselves into thinking we can, but it's not very good if we try to do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so when I'm like, I invite your presence, I need your help. There's been literally like tangible experiences lately where like the second I invite him, he like fixes the thing. And I'm gonna like, I'm gonna out my parents. They're sitting right here. Um, we had a great experience the other day where we decided we we're gonna like have a family time and go canoeing at Bothell Landing. It seemed like really fun. So we had two boats. We had my parents' boats with my little sister Lacey. And then we had the other boat with me, Tommy, and Brie and May, my stepdaughters. And we're going down, have a good time. And suddenly their canoe goes over to like the edge where there's all these like blackberry bushes and the sticky bushes and I see it happening in slow motion, right? Like my mom, the bushes are coming this way and mom's like, ah! and she like flips over the boat and I'm like, no. And my sister's like, Emily, help me. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> or ours is gonna tip over. And it was a super freaky experience, but I'm glad we had it because now I get to tell you, right? <laughs> So we're trying forever. We've kind of like move ourselves over to the edge and mom and dad are trying to flip this canoe which now has a ton of water inside of it. And there's just like no way this is happening. And I'm like, I don't know what you do in this situation. Like do we need to row back to the people and they can come over and not be able to help? Like the space was weird. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> There's this like, they keep trying to tip this boat back over and get the water out and tip it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh yeah, the presence. Oh yeah, Jesus. And I just had that simple prayer like, Lord, I invite your presence. Jesus, we need your help. I swear to you within three seconds, dad turns into the Hulk and he's like, Mah! and him and mom get the boat over and there's no water inside of it. And I'm like, yeah, the Lord. <laughs> I'm having my own personal victory. Everyone else is still kind of freaking out because they have to get in the boat, but I'm like, the Lord is at work here. There's a difference when we invite his presence into our life. 2 Corinthians 3.17, I believe it is, says that um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It says in Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Guys, if we're not experiencing that, 
Maybe it's not God who's wrong. Like, if your life doesn't line up with what you're reading in your Bible, maybe it's because your gaze needs to kind of shift because what's true is his word. Even though what you're experiencing may seem really real, like, his word is what's true. And so he wants to give us an abundant life. That's what John 10.10 says. So we're gonna uh, move on to that last piece of the verse that says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And uh, how many of you know uh, what the Bible says about who is at God's right hand? Come on, Sunday school answer. It's Jesus. So on this path, our goal is always Jesus. But what's so crazy about this is that it's not a path like, I'm striving to get to Jesus, he's on the other end of the path. No, what happened when you gave your life to Jesus, or when you do give your life to Jesus, if you're still on that journey, what happens is that giant checkbox gets filled, Jesus did all the work, now you're actually on the path and you're doing it with him. So everything that you do is actually out of an overflow, an abundance of what he's teaching you, what he's showing you. He's showing you who he is and who we are in him. It never should be, oh, I didn't read my Bible enough, I didn't serve enough, I didn't go to church on Sunday, and God's doing these things to me because I didn't do the things. He's like, things? I already did the thing, and it covered all of it. What you do doesn't, like, what you do of value is all the things that God's doing with you and through you. Everything that you're trying to do yourself to get there, it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything unless it's with him because he's our heavenly father, he wants to do life with us. He, didn't, he wouldn't die on a cross to be with you and then not be with you. He, he um, well, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. He wants to be with you, he loves you, you got something to say. Man, I can listen to you talk for hours. You do. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> huh. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, focus, people. Come on. All right. Okay, let's, let's reel it in, all right? We got the last part of this, pleasures forevermore. These are two big words that uh, actually we're, this will be an exercise for us in, in reading God's word through his eyes, not through human eyes, because through human eyes, we see pleasures forevermore. Ah, awesome. I'll get, you know, lavished with, with, with cars and houses and trips and all this great stuff. And it's like, okay, those things are, are great, but, and they're fun. But when we look at this through God's eyes, he's like, that ain't nothing. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you about my love for you. Let me tell you about my grace for you. Let me tell you about my, uh, uh, about, about the faith you can have in me. Those are true pleasures. Those are what I'm talking about. I mean, <laughs> and, and this all ties together with being in his presence and, and being on the path of life. I mean, uh, who here uh, loves Disneyland or has been to Disneyland? Okay, it's a fun place. Um, who here's ever seen someone there who's not having a good time though? That's yes, okay. Uh, I was that in, in first grade, um, and, and my father can attest to that. Uh, he's here right now. Um, it's the parents' row. They, yeah, pa our parents' row right there. Um, in, in first grade, I'm there, and there was one day that was crazy hot, and 
I would not stop complaining. I was whining because I was hot. There, I, was, I needed water. I was hungry. The lines were too long. All this stuff. And this is supposed to be the happiest place on earth. And yet, I'm just complaining and whining. And how many of us know that it's not just first graders who act this way? <laughs> that this is, this is something that we, we all struggle with, that we all end up with. And, and it has a great deal to do with the fact that we're looking at things through our eyes. We're, we're looking for our idea of pleasures forevermore. We're like, ah, oh, this doesn't line up with my idea of what pleasures are, so I'm not happy. And, and yet, if we took a second and thought, okay, what lines up with what God says pleasures are, or what God says joy is, or what God says peace is, then what does this look like? And that's, that's tough. I'm not, gonna, uh, I'm not going to pretend that it's easy or that it looks wonderful all the time, because what happens when our lives aren't showing these things, and when it doesn't feel like we're on the path of life? What if we aren't experiencing these pleasures that are at God's right hand? And, and, and I would say that I think we've all had situations where we realized that when we were focusing on the wrong thing, we missed the right thing. Mm-hmm. That when we're more focused on what God's not doing than rather, than rather, rather than what he is doing, we're not seeing it, and, and that it's always going to seem like he's letting us down when that is our view, when those are the eyes we're looking at things through. Focusing on what you have instead of what you don't have is where pleasures forevermore comes from, because what you have is Jesus. What you have is access to God's presence. What you have is a father who loves you. No matter how you're treated, no matter what your situation looks like, you have a father who loves you regardless of what you do, regardless of what you think, and regardless of what you see. His voice is one of these pleasures. He wants to speak into your life. He is always talking to you. That the fact that we can just open up this book, this book that, that was written over 1,500 years of time, this book that is thousands of years old, we can open it up and immediately see God saying, hi, I'd like to say some things to you. He, we open it right up and he says things like, like uh, I will stay close to you, like right there. He's speaking through his word. He speaks through quiet times with him. He speaks through loud times with him. I mean, who here has ever experienced a moment with God while listening to really loud music? I have, like I've, I've experienced it listening to podcasts that have nothing to do with spirituality. It's, he always wants to speak and he is always ready. He's just waiting for us to open our ears to him. And, and he wants to speak, speak through his Holy Spirit, speak to you in moments. Uh, Emily, can you wrap this up for us? <laughs> Not that kind of wrap, honey. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's real life. Maybe we actually say, like, let's wrap this up all the time, and then we throw down a wrap, and it's usually terrible, but I like it. So, <laughs> so I just want to wrap things up by telling you what I believe the path of life is. Like, what is life? I believe that it's freedom. God promises us freedom. And I think a lot of us like to come back sometimes to this verse that says... Um, Oh, it says something to pick up your cross and follow me. (laughs) Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. 
And sometimes I think that we're trying to carry a lot heavier of a cross than God actually intended. Because the thing is, when Jesus touched something, he transforms it. And Jesus had to bear the cross, and to him, the cross meant death. He had to become our sin to, to pay the price for our sin. And so for him, the cross was death. But that means when he did that, that cross became something different to us. It became life, it became freedom. And so when, when the Bible says, pick up your cross, it also says, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So maybe in denying ourselves, it doesn't mean like, oh, I can't do fun things anymore and I gotta, wear a dress to church and I gotta do the thing, carrying this weird heavy cross with some weird rules we created ourselves. I think the denying ourselves is we have to drop our handful of like issues and problems and worries and anxieties. Like these things are always gonna exist and it might be kind of painful but in order to pick up our cross, we have to let go of that part of ourselves because that's something that God never designed us to be in the first place. No wonder we can't handle life without him is because we're trying to carry all the stuff that he died to get rid of. So we gotta lay that down and then pick up your cross of life and freedom so that you can actually start living the way that he wants you to live with him. And when you are walking on the path of life, you know, you actually draw others to it because the Bible in John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and life abundant. He says these things. He's not trying to trick us. And so I just wanna um, point out our bottom line today, and that is, uh, here it is, three, two, one. It's, God it's uh, God shows me the path of life. Do we have that bottom line? Huh? It's all right, that is our bottom line. It's God shows me, there it is, the path of life. And the reason I wanted it on the screen is because in kids ministry, we like to read our bottom lines together at the end of the day. So if we could all read this together, three, two, one. God, God shows, shows me, me the, the path, path of, of life. life. And he wants to show it to you, like with you. He's not plopping you on the path and being like, see you in a couple years, see how you held up. No, he plops you on the path, plops himself on the path and says, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, he does. That's what he Amen. does. <laughs> okay, so um, we did something really fun last year during family month. We were joined by a family known as the Rileys, and we got to get a glimpse into their life. And so this year we recorded a series of videos involving the Riley family. and. This family is, uh, you've, got, you've got Owen, the dad, you've got his sister, Aunt Catherine, um, you've got the son, Ryan, who's pretty awesome, um, you've got the daughter, Kendall, and then you've got their friend from school, Zoe. And so while we all join together this month and and, and go down these paths that God has laid out for us and, and we discover what the path of life is and, and what God says about who we are and who he is. We're also going to be joined by this awesome family who are going to be going down a path themselves. So let's check in with them today. My name is Avery Hansen.
Put your phones in the bucket. This summer, we're going tech-free. What? what? Like, seriously. What? You're taking our phones? Um, I'm not even your kid. No offense or anything, Mr. Riley. Yes, I'm taking your phones, your tablets, your Apple Watches, your video games, your laptops. You may recall we discussed this over dinner last night. Uh... Huh? That is to say, I discussed this with myself while you were all so engrossed in your phones that you let your peas get cold. I remember somebody talking about phones. Sort of. I have a vague recollection of this, but I was knees deep in a trivia match with a competitor from France, so... I've never heard anything ever. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to know our conversations mean so much to all of you. I've barely seen any of you so far this summer. That is to say, I've seen you, but your faces have been blocked by rectangles. A rectangle. I mean your phones, Kendall. Starting now, we are a no-tech family through and through for the summer. Zoe, of course, this only applies to you while you're over at our house. We're living at your house for the rest of the summer, Zoe. I can't live without Insta. But, Kendall, remember, I'm going to be staying here for the rest of the month because my dad's on another business trip. Oh, but my Insta life! Actually, Kendall, we'll be spending our summers in the great outdoors, creating real memories, living real life. We're going camping? No, we're going hiking. A lot. It's good for your brains to get away from technology. In fact, Aunt Cat is already waiting in the car, so strap on your boots and let's get going! Isn't a car technology? Good point. Let's not keep your aunt waiting. into the mountains. Owen, ready to boot up that GPS? Dad, you're totally being a hypocrite right now. What? Technology, we're a no-tech family through and through, except for you. Okay, my brain isn't still developing, but if that's how you want to play it, okay, fine. What do you uh, fine. What do you mean, fine? We need that GPS. You don't want a repeat of the incident of 95? Oh, cat. We're going the old-fashioned way. I'm talking phones in the bucket, compasses on the wrist. Are you sure that's such a good idea? Yeah, we're going out on the trail. We're going to die, but we're going to have fun doing it. Ryan, we can always trust God to show us the way. Remember, God shows us the path of life, so we can trust him. But we can also trust this map. Yeah, but can he show us the way to Mount Sai? I don't know if I believe you can read a paper map, Dad. Sure I can, Kendall. It's right there. Or there. Wait, which way's north? Um, Mr. Riley, the map's upside down. End of Oregon. Oh, of course. Well, it's a good thing I have the spiritual gift of directions. Oh. Yeah? All right, come on, everybody in. Let's go. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Into the mountains.